The sun has left and forgotten me. It's dark, I cannot see. Your stories don't define you, but how you tell them will. Hi, I'm your host, Sarah Elkins, and Chief Storymaker at Elkins Consulting. A quick announcement before I get started. There are just a few spots left for the No Longer Virtual Summit for Entrepreneurs and Innovators coming up in February 2023. This is a surprisingly affordable professional development event that packs a huge punch in value and especially in community building. So check out the agenda and register at elkinsconsulting.com forward slash NLV hyphen home. I really hope to meet you in person in Chicago this year. If you've been listening to this podcast for a few months, you know I dive deeply into authenticity, identity, and relevance. This week's episode contributes to those themes by bringing in the concept of self-reflection. Bad self-reflection falls into two categories, the damaging internal dialogue and deflection of personal responsibility. The good self-reflection is far more simple. It's about being aware of how others perceive you and choosing to see the good and the bad of your own behavior and actions so you can improve as a human with every opportunity. W-O-T-Y, word of the year, whatever. The first time I heard this reference was the year I became involved with Helena's Women's Leadership Network at our board retreat in January of 2017. My friends Mary and Cassie were discussing it with the rest of us at dinner that night. I thought maybe doing this activity you know, thinking of a word to embody that year in my decisions and activities, it might be good for me. And as we went around the table sharing our thoughts, I decided on my word. It would be focus. <laughs> now, if you know me, you just laughed out loud. And if you were drinking coffee or any other beverage, you probably sprayed it all over your desk. But that was it. I picked that word because I knew I needed discipline in my life to take my side hustle to the next level. I knew myself well enough to know my blind spots, and that was a big one. So I picked it to work on my biggest weakness. I had it written on sticky notes and posted on my monitor at work, the mirror in my bedroom. The word focus was on the dashboard of my car, all to keep it front and center as I went about my days. Two months into the year, and I was beating myself up over that stupid word. Nothing I did seemed to help. I wanted to be someone who could spend more than 15 minutes at a time on a task. Someone who could focus on one part of my life for just a little while so I could actually tell people what I do. So I wouldn't seem impulsive or unpredictable to people. Well, to myself. Three months in, and I ripped all those notes down, berating myself for not being able to stick with it. And even without the notes to remind me of my failure, the thoughts stuck with me all year. I'm a smart person. Why can't I make this work? I'm just not working hard enough at it. Maybe it's just because things are so hectic at home and at work. Maybe next year will be better. The retreat came again in 2018, and this time I was the president of WLN Helena. We had a similar discussion and asked each other to pick a W-O-T-Y. And what did I do? I picked focus. 
again. Yes, I really did. But this time it would work. I was sure of it. Three weeks into 2018, and I scrapped that whole stupid word of the year. And a few weeks after that, I took the StrengthsFinder assessment, thanks to my friend Tom Dietzler. And guess what I found? No, really, guess. Focus. The theme or talent that some people have that makes them really good at getting into a flow state, they deeply consider a topic as part of their approach to solving a problem. And that word, that theme, focus, is number 29 on my list of 34 talents. Uh Uh-huh, that explained a lot. And ever since then, I've been pretty prickly about picking a word of the year. It just didn't seem practical to me, or sustainable, or actionable. For the first couple of weeks of 2023, I actively avoided conversations around the W-O-T-Y and found myself getting kind of judgy about it when I'd see posts online with people waxing poetic about their word, and my bullshit meter would go through the roof. And then I had to eat my words, so to speak. I woke up on January 11th with a nagging feeling, a realization that yes, Indeed, I do have a word. That word is practice. If I'm going to do something, take on any kind of personal growth exercise, it has to be action-oriented, highly practical, and something I can sustain. It has to be approachable for me within my capacity and not something I have to fight to make work which is why the W-O-T-Y thing bugged me so much before. Because I picked a word that's counter to my personality, my strengths. Practice. On most winter mornings, you'll find me sitting on the floor of my kitchen with an espresso, doing breathing exercises to improve my ability to sustain notes while singing. I started this practice in late 2020 when our kitchen was remodeled, And the heated tile floor in there became super inviting on cold mornings here in Montana. I hadn't performed all year because, you know, 2020. And though we practiced with our bands periodically, I wasn't singing much. When we finally scheduled our first gig in forever, I started to panic. What if I can't sing anymore? What if my range is tiny and I won't be able to hit my highest and lowest notes? Something told me to go back to the basics. And when I take a hike or when I was alone in the car or when I was in the shower, I'd practice the old vocal exercises my choir director forced on us all through high school. One, three, five, three, one. One, three, five, three, one. One, three, five, three, one. And so on. For the roughly 12 weeks before our performance, I stuck with the exercises, doing them whenever I was alone. And when it was time to sing for an audience, I was shocked at my range. Not only had it not gotten smaller, I was hitting high notes I had been struggling with for years. Huh, I thought, that's why we did those exercises in choir. They actually work. They make us better. 
In general, I struggle with the idea of practice. Like many people, I often give up too quickly when something doesn't come easily or naturally for me. I lack discipline and focus. My natural strengths of adaptability and activator pretty much preclude me from having the word routine anywhere in my vocabulary, making the idea of structured practice feel seriously uncomfortable and impossible for me. So why was I suddenly inspired to come to my word of the year, practice? The morning when my word popped into my head, I sat on my kitchen floor and breathed in and out with those two syllables. Practice. Practice. The word gave me a powerful shift in how I frame the activities of my days. Practice means humility. I know I can improve in everything I do, even the things I know I do really well. And when I approach a client session, a keynote, a workshop, a performance, and even a conversation with one of my kids or my spouse, with that word in mind, I'm acknowledging my imperfection and my conscious choice to continue to grow and improve. And practice means grace and patience. When I approach something new or something I haven't done in a long time, with that word in mind, I give myself permission to try. I give myself permission to not be very good at it right away. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean routine. I can practice any time through the day. And as long as I collect 15 to 30 minutes over that day, it doesn't matter what time I do it. In 2020, I picked up my flute after 30, well, maybe 35 years. I had it tuned up at the local music store and I brought it home along with a beginner band book. I went through the exercises and songs in that book that I had gone through in seventh grade. And I went over them over and over again, front to back at least five times in that book. And reading music, the finger positions for the notes, and my embouchure, that mouth shape that it requires to play a flute, came back to me pretty well. And then I put it down for another year, even though I had some fun ideas for adding flute to some of the songs one of our bands was working on. Now, as I look back at my hesitation, I think it was because I was afraid of failing. Singing has always come pretty naturally for me, and the flute feels like work. And I think I realized it would take discipline, practice, if I wanted to pull this off, to be able to perform on my flute in front of an audience. But I was equating practice with routine, and those can be two different things. With this reframe of the work of getting good at something, I'm at it again, and our band is expecting me to play that flute at our next gig in front of an audience. Practice. 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 That's it. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Well, maybe this whole W-O-T-Y isn't such a bad idea after all, but I'll let you know in a few months.
It's your turn, listeners. Do you have a word of the year? Can you get behind it fully? Or do you need to rethink it like a New Year's resolution to make it fit you and to make it actionable, sustainable, and a powerful tool for change? Thank you for listening to Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Well. If you're about to go into an interview, I have a brand new course available for just $49, Job Interview Storytelling. You can find it on my website, elkinsconsulting.com. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.